Continued from Tudors to Windsors, Part 1, Tudors to Stuarts to recap, the British royal family has been a source of interest for hundreds of years, both for people living in Britain and those abroad. Until the advent of television, most people never saw the reigning monarch except in paintings. The National Maritime Museum in Greenwich has partnered with the National Portrait Gallery to create a timeline of royal portraits from the Tudors until today. The exhibition, Tudors to Windsors, British Royal Portraits, features over 150 portraits of kings, queens, consorts and children, spanning 500 years and five royal dynasties, Tudor, Stuart, Georgian, Victorian, and Windsor. George I, reigned 1714-27. According to the 1701 Act of Settlement, only a Protestant could succeed to the British throne. All of Queen Anne's children predeceased her, leaving no heir. Since Anne's nearest relatives were Catholic, Parliament traced the family tree back to James I, then invited the former king's great-grandson to take the throne. George of Hanover, 1660-1727, accepted the crown, although he did not speak much English. George I was the first king of a new dynasty, and not many people knew what he looked like. It was necessary to produce several portraits to prepare for new coins to make him more recognizable as the country's monarch. Sir Godfrey Kneller, 1646-1723, the principal painter to the crown, produced a portrait of George I for the royal mint. It shows the king in profile wearing gold-edged armor draped in silk. Although George wore royal regalia in his coronation portrait to emphasize his power and status, Kneller presented him in military garb, indicating his determination to defend both his position and his faith. George II, reigned 1727-60. The public never quite warmed to George I, which was not helped by his frequent disappearances to the continent. Relations started to improve during the reign of George II, 1683-1760, the son of the previous king. His coronation portrait was commissioned by the Corporation of London and painted in the studio of Charles Jervis, 1675-1739, an Irish painter. The king's power and majesty are evident in his clothing and the table with crown, orb and scepter. Through the window, Westminster Abbey is visible, which is where George's coronation service took place. Like his father, George II spent months at a time abroad, but this was often due to warfare. He was the last British king to lead his troops into battle, where he defeated the French at Dettingham in 1743 during the War of the Austrian Succession. Two years later, a grandson of James II, 1633-1701, nicknamed Bonnie Prince Charlie, 1728 led an uprising in an attempt to re-establish the Catholic Stuart monarchy. George and his troops eventually defeated the rebels at the Battle of Culloden in Scotland. Despite the wars, Britain prospered during the reign of George II. The country experienced rapid financial growth and political stability. This helped to increase the king's popularity, resulting in the national anthem God Save the King. The author and composer of the anthem are widely debated, and the first line differed slightly from the standard version sung today. God save great George our King. Long live our noble King. God save the King. Send him victorious. Happy and glorious. Long to reign over us. God save the King. George III, reigned 1760-1820. Following George II's death, the Hanoverian line skipped a generation and welcomed the late king's grandson to the throne. George II's son, Frederick, 1707-51, predeceased his father, so the crown passed down to the next in line, George III, 1738-1820. Unlike his great-grandfather and grandfather, George III was born in England. He publicly celebrated his identity as the first British-born Georgian king, declaring that he gloried in the name of Britain. One year into his reign, 
George met and married Charlotte of Mecklenburg-Strelitz, 1744-1818. George had never seen Charlotte before their wedding day, and she only spoke German, whereas George only knew English. Despite this, they formed a strong bond and had 15 children. To celebrate their union, the Scottish artist Alan Ramsay, 1784 produced a pair of state portraits, in which the sitters wore golden ermine costumes, the same clothing worn at George III's coronation. At 23 years old, George appears young, graceful and dignified, but by the end of his reign, the king became unrecognizable from the portrait. George reigned for 60 years, during which time Britain lost the American colonies. George preferred to live like the middling sort, i.e. wealthy merchants and entrepreneurs. Although he did not associate with the lower classes, George received the nickname Farmer George, which his children rebelled against by embracing their royal status. George's eldest son, the Prince of Wales, later George IV, for example, was known for his lack of self-restraint and often got himself into debt. The prince caused many problems for his father, which on top of the pressures that came with being king, proved too much for George III. The king's final decade was plagued with mental illness and in 1811, the Prince of Wales was installed as Prince Regent. George IV, reigned 1820-30. As the Prince of Wales, George IV, 1762-1830, caused a lot of trouble for Parliament and the royal family. He was a womanizer and had many lovers, including Maria Fitzherbert, 1756-1837. Mrs. Fitzherbert was a Catholic widow, who George married in secret in 1785. The marriage was illegal because all heirs to the throne were forbidden from marrying outside of the Protestant faith. It was thus considered void, which soured the prince's relationship with Parliament. A miniature painting of the Prince of Wales by Richard Cosway, 1742-1821, is thought to be a love token for Maria Fitzherbert or another of George's lovers. George wears a powdered wig and a masquerade costume, which reflects his love of partying. The painting is mounted in a gold locket measuring 2 and 3 quarters inches by 2 and 1 quarter inches, 70 millimeters by 57 millimeters. Before becoming king, George was persuaded to marry his cousin, Caroline of Brunswick, 1768-1821. This was a financial arrangement to help settle some of the prince's debts, which he had accrued by purchasing an enormous collection of artwork. He did not love Caroline and abandoned her shortly after the birth of their daughter, Charlotte, 1796-1813. The public was horrified with George's poor treatment of his wife and placed their hopes on Charlotte coming to the throne. Sadly, Charlotte died in childbirth in 1817, leaving George IV without an heir. William IV, reigned 1830-37. By the end of his reign, George IV was obese and suffering from many health problems. Without an heir, Parliament looked towards George's younger brother, William, 1765-1837, as the next in line to the throne. William had spent most of his life as a naval officer, as he is depicted in a portrait by Sir Martin Archer Shee, 1769-1850. He is depicted wearing the full-dress uniform of an admiral and was known for speaking like a sailor, rather than a member of the royal family. With all eyes on him, William had to change his way of life, which involved ending his 21-year affair with the actress Dorothy Jordan, with whom he had ten illegitimate children. William was forced to marry Princess Adelaide of Saxe-Meiningen, 1792-1849, after whom the capital of South Australia is named. William was not pleased about the match, writing to his eldest illegitimate son, she is doomed, poor dear innocent young creature, to be my wife. In 1830, William IV became king following the death of his brother. One of William's first roles as king was signing the Great Reform Act in 1832. The act disenfranchised many British people and altered the method of selecting borough representatives. 
It largely benefited Whig politicians and their supporters and emphasized that women were to play no part in politics. As a result, William had many enemies, and when the Houses of Parliament burnt down in 1834, Queen Adelaide believed it was divine punishment for passing the Great Reform Act. Despite several pregnancies, Adelaide did not give birth to any living children. Once again, Britain had a monarch with no heir. William's younger brother, Edward, 1767-1820, had passed away, leaving Edward's daughter as the next in line to the throne. On the 20th of June 1837, William IV passed away, and his 18-year-old niece Alexandrina Victoria became queen. Victoria, reigned 1837-1901. Although born Alexandrina Victoria, the new queen chose to reign under the name Queen Victoria, 1819-1901. English painter George Hayter, 1792-1871, captured the queen's youth in her coronation portrait, but also made her look the part of a powerful ruler. Victoria had the right to reign alone, and her husband, Prince Albert of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha, 1819-61, was not allowed to take the title of king. Traditionally, a king is more powerful than a queen, so no one could hold the position of a king while Victoria was on the throne. Yet, conventional gender roles at the time made life as a sovereign difficult for Victoria. Parliament rarely let the Queen give her opinion on matters, and Prince Albert made many decisions behind closed doors. Major changes occurred during Victoria's reign, particularly developments in science and technology. New technologies invented during the Industrial Revolution of 1760-1820 increased the number of discoveries during the following century. Famous names, such as Charles Darwin, Charles Babbage, and Charles Dickens, were on everyone's tongues, inspiring others to join the scientists, mathematicians, authors, geologists, astronomers and philosophers in changing the world. The British Empire expanded to encompass Canada, Australia, India, and West Africa. The results of colonization and enforced religion are still felt today, although most countries have declared independence from British rule. Several wars took place in the 19th century, most notably the Crimean War, 1853-56, which paved the way for modern nursing with the help of Florence Nightingale, 1820-1910, and Mary Seacole, 1805-81. Whilst the government gradually reduced the effects of the Great Reform Act, women were excluded from voting in parliamentary elections and other roles that were deemed masculine. Even Queen Victoria, who experienced the harshness of sexism, opposed women's suffrage, describing it as a wicked folly. A crucial development during Victoria's reign was the advent of photography. This invention dramatically changed the way the public viewed the royal family. Previously, many people never physically saw the king or queen, they were only familiar with the monarch's painted portraits, which were not always accurate representations. Photography made it easier to distribute Victoria's image across the country and capture moments far quicker than a painter. Initially, photographs were staged due to the complexities of the camera, but as technology improved, it became easier for members of the public to capture the Queen on film. Soon, the royal family had no control over when or by whom photographs were taken. When Prince Albert passed away in 1861, the devastated Queen chose to permanently wear black. Nevertheless, she continued her duties as Queen, reigning for a total of 64 years. As the Queen aged, her health deteriorated. By the age of 80, Victoria suffered from rheumatism in her legs and cataracts. During the autumn and winter of 1900, she felt increasingly unwell and passed away on 22nd of January 1901. Her eldest son Albert, who was present at her death, succeeded her as King Edward VII. Edward VII, reigned 1901-10. Sir Luke Fildes's, 1843-1927, State Portrait of Edward VII, 1841-1910, 
is more reminiscent of the Georgian era with the white ermine than Queen Victoria's coronation portrait. Several copies of the painting were made for embassies across the world, and a team of artists were hired to produce them. Although Fields painted the original, it is not certain whose hand produced the version belonging to the National Portrait Gallery. Photography made the need for state portraits redundant, so there are very few paintings of Edward VII in comparison to his predecessors. Edward also had no interest in the arts, preferring sport. Edward had hoped for a military career and was awarded the rank of colonel on his 17th birthday. Queen Victoria discouraged his future with the British Army, preferring Edward to focus on his role as the Prince of Wales and heir to the throne. As king, Edward VII reorganized the British Army, which finished fighting the Second Boer War in 1902. He was known as the peacemaker for his attempts to better Britain's relations with other European countries, most notably France. New technologies, such as the telegraph and telephone, made it easier to communicate with people around the country and abroad. It was also easier to travel from place to place in steam trains and motorcars. Unfortunately, Edward's reign was short, and he passed away in 1910, aged 68. George V, reign 1910-36. Until 1892, the future George V, 1865-1936, had no notion of becoming king. Whilst his father was heir to the throne, George had an older brother, Albert, 1864-92, who was second in line. Unfortunately, Albert died from pneumonia shortly before his 28th birthday. The following year, George married his deceased brother's fiancée, Mary of Teck, 1867-1935, with whom he went on to have six children. In 1913, Sir John Lavery, 1856-1941, painted a family portrait of the king with his wife and two of their children, the future Edward VIII, 1894-1972, and Mary, Princess Royal, 1897-1965. It was commissioned by the English printer Hugh Spottiswood, 1864-1915, but the royal family wanted to be involved with the painting's development. As well as posing for the artist in the white drawing room at Buckingham Palace, the king and queen regularly visited the artist's studio to keep an eye on his progress. On one occasion, they insisted on putting the finishing touches of royal blue paint to a garter ribbon. The completed painting was exhibited at the Royal Academy of Arts in 1913, where it was labeled a work of Romantic Impressionism. Shortly after the completion of the painting, World War I broke out in Europe. George V and his family felt it was their duty to participate in the war effort. The king made at least 450 trips to visit British troops, as well as 300 visits to military hospitals. He also turned up at shipyards and munitions factories to thank the workers. Aware that the House of saxe coburg gotha sounded German, George V announced in 1917 that all descendants of Queen Victoria would bear the name Windsor. He wished to make it clear that the royal family did not affiliate with the enemy. Windsor is a castle with a long association with the monarchy, which is one of the reasons for the choice of name. Edward VIII, reign 1936. As Prince of Wales, Edward was forbidden from fighting in the First World War, despite being part of the Grenadier Guards. Instead, he visited troops with his father and was admired for his charming personality and good looks. Frank Salisbury, 1874-1962, Britain's painter laureate, painted Edward in uniform during a visit to the Western Front in 1917. When George V died in 1936, Edward became king, but he reigned for less than a year. Edward VIII had a difficult decision to make. He wished to marry Wallace Simpson, 1896-1986, a twice-divorced American socialite, but the Church of England did not allow divorcees to marry at the time. As king, Edward was also the head of the church, so could not go against its rules. After causing a constitutional crisis, 
Edward realized he could not marry Wallace and remain on the throne, so he chose to abdicate. Edward and Wallace married the following year and moved to mainland Europe. Although granted the titles Duke and Duchess of Windsor, they had little contact with the royal family. George VI, reigned 1936-52. George VI's, 1895-1952, favorite portrait was painted by British painter Meredith Frampton, 1894-1984, in 1929 when the future king was still Prince Albert, Duke of York. Wearing the full uniform of a Royal Navy captain, the photorealistic portrait commemorated Albert's presidency of Dr. Bernardo's Homes, a charity set up to care for vulnerable children. The prince had no idea he would one day be king. He had grown up in his brother's shadow, suffering from a stammer, which made his duties as Duke of York difficult. Unlike his brother, Albert served in the Navy and Air Force during the First World War. Usually, the heir to the throne cannot participate in warfare, but no one imagined Albert one day becoming king. Albert was thrust into the limelight in 1936, when he reluctantly replaced his brother on the throne, assuming the regnal name George VI. It has since come to light that the late George V wished Albert was his heir rather than Edward, who he thought would ruin himself in 12 months. Not long after becoming king, Britain was at war again. George VI, his wife, Queen Elizabeth, 1900 to 2002, and daughters, Princesses Elizabeth, Bidot 1926, and Margaret, 1930 to 2002, visited sites affected by the Blitz, which the public appreciated. After the war, George oversaw the dismantling of the British Empire and the establishment of the Commonwealth. Whereas the Empire controlled other countries by force, the Commonwealth is a voluntary association of independent states. The stress of war combined with heavy smoking paid a toll on the king's life. During the late 1940s, he developed lung cancer and suffered from various problems with his arteries. In 1951, his left lung was removed, which severely limited his everyday activities. His eldest daughter, Elizabeth, took on many of George VI's roles, including touring. Six days after waving the princess off at London Airport, now Heathrow, George VI passed away from a coronary thrombosis on 6 February 1952, aged 56. Elizabeth II, reigning since 1952. When Elizabeth was born in 1926, her parents never imagined she would one day be queen. Unlike her father, who had the throne thrust upon him, Elizabeth had 16 years to prepare for her succession to the throne. At the time of George VI's death, Elizabeth was in Kenya with her husband, Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, 1921-2021. She immediately returned to Britain and picked up her duties. Hundreds of photographs exist of Elizabeth II, far more than any British monarch. Due to the efficiency of the camera, there are far fewer paintings. Over the past two centuries, new art styles have emerged, and there are no painted portraits resembling the Queen's ancestors in the 19th century. Yet, throughout the Queen's reign, artists have been commissioned to paint her likeness in their preferred style. Artists include Andy Warhol, 1928-87, Lucian Freud, 1922-2011, and Pietro Anigoni, 1910-88. Italian artist Pietro Anigoni first painted Elizabeth II two years after her coronation. In 1969, he was invited back by the National Portrait Gallery to produce another portrait. Rather than depict the Queen in a royal setting, Anigoni chose a neutral background, emphasizing the Queen's red clothing. He explained his decision saying, I did not want to paint her as a film star, I saw her as a monarch, alone in the problems of her responsibility. Anigoni's portrait symbolizes Elizabeth II's lengthy reign as a female monarch during an era more accepting of women's roles in society. Unlike Queen Victoria, whose male family members and government attempted to overrule her decisions, Elizabeth has reigned in her own right. Admittedly, 
the queen has less power than her predecessors, but during a crisis, the country looks to her for reassuring words of comfort and support. She is a patron of over 600 charities and organizations and has regularly attended events and special occasions to celebrate their work. Elizabeth II has ruled longer than any monarch in British history, and the majority of the population have never experienced having a king. Over the last few years, she has delegated some of her duties to her heirs, who have in turn grown in popularity, particularly her grandson, Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, born 1982. At the time of writing, the heir to the British throne is Charles, Prince of Wales, born 1948, with Prince William next in line, and his son, George, born 2013, third. By looking at 500 years of royal portraits, it is possible to notice the changes in art style, particularly in the later years, as well as the upkeep of certain traditions. Early monarchs were depicted in formal regalia, which gradually changed in preference to military uniform. Artists painted the kings and queens as the royal family wished to be seen by the public. Early rulers came across as self-centered and greedy due to the jeweled clothing and ornaments that signified their status. Since Queen Victoria's reign, the paintings appear more modest, with the kings revealing their support of the country through their military garb. The increased use of photography also helps to make the royal family appear more human, caring, and deserving of respect. The exhibition, Tudors to Windsor's, British Royal Portraits, is open daily throughout October 2021 at the National Maritime Museum. Tickets cost £10 for adults and £5 for children, although members can visit for free. Dash. My blogs are now available to listen to as podcasts on the following platforms, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. If you would like to support my blog, become a Patreon from pound 5 slash m or buy me a coffee for £3. Thank you.